0: Coming up on today's show, the voice of the Bearcats, Dan Horde himself joins me for an exclusive interview ahead of the college football playoff semifinals between the Bearcats and Alabama at the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. It's playoff week and it starts right now here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you so much for joining me on this Monday morning. My name is Alex Frank welcoming you to Lockdown Bearcats. Thank you for making us your first listen of every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. Once again, my name is Alex Frank, the host of Lockdown Bearcats. I'm using my experiences from my days as sports director at the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media, where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball games. In addition, I was the host of several live shows and podcasts, related to the Bearcats in our radio and TV studios. I also made many connections with several members in the athletic department and those who cover the team professionally, which I guess I'm now one of those professionals with this podcast. Anyway, I'm using all of those experiences and bringing them here to lock down Bearcats. And one of those connections I made is with someone who has been a mentor to me. And I am sure that, as I've mentioned several times last week i am sure that he is the soundtrack of your bearcat fan memory lives and he is today's guest and that would be dan horde dan of course has called bearcats football and men's basketball games since the early 2000s dan of course will be calling the bearcats playoff semifinal matchup against alabama this friday from the cotton bowl at at&t stadium in dallas and this conversation was so in-depth we talked the matchup his thoughts on Alabama if he thought the Bearcats were going to make the playoff at the start of the season we talked about if any moment from this season has been the most memorable moment of his Bearcats broadcasting career and he also shares his thoughts on the men's basketball team and their performance so far through their season and I think he will have you excited about them but more importantly he will have you ready for the playoff semifinal matchup for the Bearcats this Friday at at and Stadium against Alabama. Well, what better way to kick off Bull Week, Cotton Bull Week, to continue the Cotton Bowl Conversation Series here on Lockdown Bearcats than with a man that you are all very familiar with, and he's probably the soundtrack of your Bearcat memory lives, none other than the great Dan Horde, the voice of the Bearcats. Dan, how are you on this Monday morning? Alex, I'm great. Thank you for the very kind introduction. I appreciate it. As someone that I view you as a mentor in this business, I can give you all the glorious introduction you (laughs) need. But Dan, I have to ask you, how much fun has this season been for you as the voice of
1: the Bearcats? It's been phenomenal, Alex, and it's really been the last two seasons. I mean, to go undefeated in the regular season plus the conference championship game in back-to-back years is the type of thing you dream of as a broadcaster. And realistically, very few people get to experience something like this. So when I got into the business way back when, I said then, and I think I I still mean it, that I would have been happy doing a high school game of the week. just love being a sports broadcaster. So... Reality has exceeded my dreams, and this is about as good as it gets.
0: I asked you this two years ago on the 10 year celebration day of Pike to Bins if there was going to be a moment that in your career that topped that. And you said, hopefully someday you get to call a UC national championship. Well, that could happen this year. But, Dan, so far, has there been a moment that has topped Pike to Bins this season? Because there have been a lot of great moments.
1: No. No moment that's topped it, but the Notre Dame game has tied it. They are now 1-1A and 1A on my list of all-time favorite games. So the Pike-to-Bins game had that moment in the final minute that decided the game, and everybody can remember that play. You can close your eyes and visualize it right now if you're a Bearcats fan. The Notre Dame game didn't necessarily have that moment, but the day as a whole was incredible, seeing all those Bearcat fans chanting let's go uc at notre dame stadium Uh, seeing the bearcats pull off that victory the way that they did so uh, i I didn't think that anything was going to match uc pit in 2009 but now i have something that's tied it and who knows maybe in the cotton bowl or the following week in indianapolis if that happens something could actually move above those two games to the top of the list
0: Did you think that Cincinnati was going to beat Notre Dame? Because they were favorites. And I think that's what stands out to me is that was a marquee scheduled game. Maybe the biggest regular season win in school history. And yet they were favorites going in. Take me through what you thought about that game going in. And then the day of, which, by the way, for those listening, was also your birthday. So that had to make it even nicer for you that the team that you've called games for the past 20 years wins the biggest regular season game in school history. But take me through that day, the Bearcats being favorites. Did you think they were going to win and calling a game in a stadium like that? But as you mentioned, with essentially Bearcat Nation in there in full force,
1: Yeah, that was awesome. You know, it's interesting, Alex. I don't necessarily go into any game thinking they will win or they will lose. I'm more likely to go into a game like that thinking, all right, is there a good chance they're going to win? And I definitely felt that way. And one of the reasons why Cincinnati was favored against Notre Dame, well, there are a couple of things. Number one, the Bearcats were obviously undefeated going in and going back to the previous season. They only had one loss, and it was on a 53-yard field goal in the last five seconds against Georgia. So I think the odds makers recognized how good Cincinnati was. But Notre Dame didn't get off to a very good start this year. They barely squeaked by in some of their early games. If you remember their season opener against Florida State, I mean, Mackenzie Milton brought the Seminoles back years after his horrific knee injury at UCF. And it looked like there was a very realistic chance that Notre Dame was going to lose that game. So it was the combination of those two things that explained why Cincinnati was favored. And therefore, I wasn't surprised at all that Cincinnati won the game. But I didn't necessarily go into it thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, we got this in the bag. Uh, Cincinnati's going to win. I didn't feel like that at all. and And I rarely do feel that way about any game, to tell you the truth, because uh, I've seen it all happen from uh, having done these games for for so many years. And as for Notre Dame, or as for Cincinnati beating Notre Dame in South Bend on my birthday, I've reached the age, Alex, where I don't necessarily look forward to birthdays anymore. I'm running out of them. (laughs) I've got a few left, uh, but that definitely uh, helped make that one special. And honestly, there were two things about that game that were awesome for me number one the win for Bearcats fans which was great and secondly I had my 15 year old son Sam with me in the booth at Notre Dame that day so it was a tremendous father son memory Uh, the drive back to Cincinnati after the game was awesome even stopping for Wendy's on the drive home uh, was a was a great meal that's how great that day was in South Bend
0: Okay, bigger picture, though, and I remember this because you were on with Scott Sloan about three weeks before the season started, and you were talking about the Bearcats' chances at the college football playoff, and I I think a lot of us realized the opportunity that they could make the playoff, but ESPN gave them, what, a 0.2% chance, something like that. Well, here they are in the playoff, but Dan, did you think before the season began that the Bearcats couldn't make the college football playoff. I know you said you you think they have a good chance of winning a certain game, but what about the bigger picture, the playoff? Did you think they could make that?
1: I did, and I laid out a very specific five-point reason why prior to the season, and I, I feel like Nostradamus that these things played out and came true. But here were the five things I said before the season had to happen for any team outside of the Power Five have a chance to qualify for the fourteen playoff. Number one, you have to be great the year before so that you can begin the next season in or close to the top 10. That happened for Cincinnati. They started the year in the top 10 because they only w- lost one game last year, and it was to Georgia in the final five seconds of the Peach Bowl when the Bearcats realistically outplayed the Bulldogs and could have won that game. So that was point number one. Point number two, you have to have a great quarterback, a great experienced quarterback. Cincinnati obviously has that in Desmond Ritter. He's been their quarterback for 49 games. They've won 44. Hard to be much better than that. Number three, you have to hold on to a great coach, which is hard to do when you are outside of the power five. Cincinnati obviously has done that with Luke Fickle. Thank heavens for his loyalty and his integrity. Um, You know, None of this happens without the tremendous coaching of of Luke Fickle. So that's number three. Number four, you have to have high-profile, non-league games to impress people around the country. Cincinnati had that going into the season at Indiana and at Notre Dame back-to-back. Now, Indiana turned out to have a lousy season. But keep in mind, they began the year in the top 15 before their season fell apart. And then Notre Dame obviously turned out to be as good by the end of the year as, as anybody thought the only game they lost was UC. So those are the top four things on my five-part list. And then number five is the hardest thing of all. You have to go undefeated. There's no room for slippage if you are outside of the power five. You can't have that week three loss and overcome it unless you know you are uh an SEC team or a big 10 team or something like that. So those are the five conditions that had to exist going into the season. It's kind of hard to have all of those things come together in any particular year. Cincinnati had those five things. And that's why I thought this was a realistic possibility going into the season. And that's the way it played out.
0: That's some Supreme confidence, Dan, coming into this season. The Bearcats started number eight in the AP top 25 rankings, and just gradually clawed their way up to number two in the AP poll and then eventually number four in the college football playoff rankings. Dan, we'll be right back. First, I got to tell you about Bilt Bar and that this holiday season, you can grab the Bilt Bar protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but it's amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and it's high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. Like it does for me, Bilt Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Bilt Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse because you never know when you're going to need it. And if you're friends with Santa like I am, you can tell him to throw a few Bilt Bars in those stockings, I did, with so many flavors, they'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. And if you like some of those marshmallowy treats around the holidays, you need to get your hands on Bilt Bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, and marshmallowy through and through, different flavors, all covered in chocolate, it tastes so good, you won't believe that they're filled with protein. Go to Bilt.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com. Once again, thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview 2021. Local experts' betting advice and draft analysis, the most comprehensive college football playoff preview began this past Friday. And as we welcome you back to the show, Alex Frank here with my special guest, the voice of the Bearcats, Dan Horde. And and you mentioned two key uh, people in that process, Luke Fickle and Desmond Britter. Dan, I want to touch on Luke Fickle because it is unique. Being at a quote-unquote mid-major school in Cincinnati and being here for now five years, now in the college football playoff, you've been around him as much as anybody I know. What about him? Um, stands out to you because I noticed this recently and early on in his career he he always used and he's always used these two phrases I live under a bunker and I stay locked in and focused and I do believe those but has he evolved then to like embrace the national stage the national attention that this team is getting because as he has said this is not just a top 10 team this is a top 10 program right now
1: I don't think he embraces national attention, but he knows it's good for his program and he knows it's good for his players. He wants them to get as much exposure as they possibly can, obviously, to help them. So increased national exposure happens when you're as good as Cincinnati has been, so that's good. But I don't think he necessarily embraces that particular part of it. But he is he's unbelievable for a few reasons. Number one, he connects with everybody, Uh, I think that is the hallmark of a lot of great coaches. So whether it is the star quarterback in his fifth year in the school or the freshman who's not getting an opportunity to play yet or a walk on who plays a valuable role or the people on his staff or people like me, he has a unique way to connect with everybody. So that is a part of his success. And then I really think the wrestler in him is a lot is a big reason why he's been so successful the discipline required to, to excel in that sport. And he could have been an Olympic wrestler and he chose to uh, continue to pursue that after high school. And one of the things I like about him too, is, you know, let's face it, at Cincinnati, you don't have all of the things at your disposal that the Alabamas and Ohio States of the world do. Have you ever heard Luke fickle complain about that? Has he ever even referenced stuff that Cincinnati doesn't have? No. Uh, You know, they've they've come up with this uh, kind of mindset of we're going to lean into that. We are going to kind of embrace the fact that we don't have all of the bells and whistles and we don't care. This is Clifton style. That's our thing. And uh, all of those things help explain why he's been so phenomenally successful at UC.
0: At what point through these first five years did you know he was going to work and not only work out for Cincinnati, but be this good be successful of a program
1: well i thought he was going to be wildly successful based on season 2 you know in that first year i don't think anybody could have anticipated this they went 4 and 8 a couple of those wins they probably shouldn't have won but to win double digits in his second year after you know just one year of building uh showed how talented he and his staff are Obviously, he had Desmond Ritter at quarterback beginning in that second season, and that goes a long way toward the type of success that he's had. If you've got a great quarterback, you've got a chance. Uh, He's had that, and then he and his staff have done a phenomenal job of building around Desmond.
0: Let's go to Desmond Ritter. Dan, I'm sure you know this as a stats aficionado. So, Ritter has 44 career wins. That's third most all-time in college football history. Only two have more. Cole McCoy, and Kellen Moore. I mean, that's pretty good company right there if you're in that top three. But what about Ritter, Dan, has been most impressive through his four-year journey here at UC? Because he's grown in so many ways. But what's been most impressive to you? That's
1: what's impressed me the most, his growth. Because if you remember his redshirt freshman year, he was a skinny kid who could run and occasionally complete passes, but he wasn't a polished passer. Now he's an end of a legitimate first-round NFL prospect, and it's because of his growth. Um, he's got an inf- incredible work ethic. His leadership qualities are off the charts. I've just been so impressed by how he's evolved over the, over the last four years. And keep in mind, go back to his second year. The team did well. He didn't have a particularly good year statistically. Uh, even early in year three, there were people suggesting that maybe it was time to change to Ben Bryant which was pretty absurd in retrospect. I'm proud to say I was not one of those people. Um, but, you know, he's he's survived some good times and bad times, never let it get him down, just kept grinding away, kept pushing, kept uh, listening and learning from people like Mike Brock and Gino Gadulli and and now look at the finished product you have.
0: Let's get to the Cotton Bowl. Obviously, we know who the Bearcats are up against. It's Alabama. I've called them the gold standard of modern-day college football. But to me, Dan, I think the Bearcats can compete, and it would not shock me if they win this game. What are your thoughts on Alabama, this year's Alabama team, compared to Nick Saban, Alabama teams in the past?
1: I think it's the youngest team that he's had at Alabama. And if you look back at their season as a whole, up until the Georgia game and the SEC championship, Everybody was saying, well, it's Alabama. They're still good, but they're not as good as they've been. They had the four overtime game in the Iron Bowl against Auburn. They barely squeaked by Florida. Florida didn't turn out to be very good. They had Nailbiter against LSU. LSU didn't turn out to be very good this year. So I don't think it's one of his best teams at Alabama, but it's Alabama. It's Saban they're always going to recruit the best players in the country. They've got a Heisman trophy winning quarterback, they've got the nation's best pass rusher, they've got an unbelievably talented wide receiver who transferred from Ohio State. So, it's Alabama, they're great, but I don't think that they're as powerful as they have been in recent years. And I agree with you that Cincinnati certainly has a chance. If the Bearcats play their A game and Alabama's a little bit off, I think there's a very realistic chance that Cincinnati can win the game.
0: What about them stands out to you? Because what I've noticed is Alabama doesn't have that dominant running back like a Mark Ingram, like a Derrick Henry, like a Najee Harris or any other great running back that's come through that program since Nick Saban arrived. What about them, besides maybe Jamison Williams, do you worry about with Alabama if you're Cincinnati?
1: I'm more worried about the people up front on both sides of the ball. Now their offensive line hasn't had a great year by Alabama standards, but if you just look at the heights and weights, you go, Holy cow, these guys are monsters led by Evan Neal at left tackle. He's six seven, three fifty. 350 He's going to be a top 10 draft pick this year. Love to see him wind up on the Bengals, but they're not going to draft high enough to uh, have somebody uh, like that. Uh, but Take the offensive line and then the defensive line. If, if you talk to football people, what they always say about the SEC is that the defensive linemen in the SEC are different from any other conference in the country. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why the SEC is the best league in the country. Uh, it all starts up front on both sides of the ball, but particularly on the defensive line uh, Will Anderson has 15 and a half sacks and it's hardly a one man show. So the Bearcats are going to have to hold up on uh, on both lines. And then if they do with a secondary that Cincinnati has and the skill position talent that Cincinnati has and Desmond Ritter at quarterback, if the lines hold up, I, I do think that they have a very a realistic chance of maybe pulling off the upset.
0: It's a point Bucky Brooks brought up a few weeks ago on the Move the Sticks podcast that this UC team, he said this, and quote, has some dudes like you'd see on Georgia, Alabama, or Clemson, or Ohio State. Do you worry about, Dan, or the, the Bearcats' offensive line going up against Alabama's defensive line?
1: I do. Not that I don't think Cincinnati's offensive line is good. It obviously is good. Uh, they had multiple members of the first-team All-League squad in the American, including Lorenz Metz, whose growth after changing from uh, tackle to guard has been phenomenal. So the Bearcats have a good offensive line. It's nothing against Cincinnati. It's strictly a uh, commentary about how good Alabama is up front uh, that make me worry about how it's going to play out. And and part of that is also just getting worn down during the course of the game against. You know, such a a gigantic offensive line in particular, and then against waves of great players on the defensive line.
0: And Dan, I remember when I first started covering the team at Bearcats Media in 2018, which was Luke Fickle's second season as head coach of the Bearcats. He would constantly say in his weekly press conferences that this program he wanted it to be driven by the offensive and defensive lines, and that will most certainly be put to the test against Alabama. In this Cotton Bowl Classic. Dan will be right back, but first I gotta tell you about Bet Online. It has you cover this holiday season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the College Bowl season and the Pro Football Playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON. To receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available. Bet online, where the game starts. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Alex Frank, back here with my special guest for today, the voice of the Bearcats. Dan Hor, John Meschie not playing in this game. He's Alabama's leading receptions um, receptions leader, 98. Next closest player has, I, I'm sorry, 96. 28 fewer is the next closest player. How big of an impact, Dan, do you anticipate John Meshi not playing, having on this game? A huge
1: impact because you got the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback and most of his production went to two guys, Jamison Williams and Meschie. So the fact that one of them is out and there's this gigantic statistical drop off from those two to anybody else, I think, is a big factor. Alabama has far more uh, injury issues going into this game than Cincinnati does. So that's definitely an advantage for the Bearcats. And I'm going to knock on wood here, but um, Cincinnati, by and large, has been extremely healthy this year. That probably should have been my sixth point in my uh, five-point plan about qualifying for the fourteen playoff going into the year you got to stay healthy and by and large Cincinnati has and Alabama hasn't Alabama has it's not just uh, the wide receiver they've got some legitimate injury issues going into the game
0: all right I'm in transition here I know they know a lot of talk right now around Clifton's related to the college football playoff but I do want to ask you about Wes Miller and the men's basketball team. It's gotten off to a good start 10 and 3. I've watched almost every one of the 13 games. They've, it looks to me, Dan, like Cincinnati basketball. What are you seeing through 13 games? And do you like what Wes Miller is doing here with the program?
1: I think Wes Miller is going to be awesome. And I've said to people since getting to know Wes a little bit, I can't believe he was still available to be hired by Cincinnati, he is so impressive. I think he's going to do a phenomenal job as the head coach of this program. I commend John Cunningham for being able to lure him to Cincinnati because I'm sure West turned down some opportunities. Uh, there were ones he tried to get, like his alma mater, North Carolina, and interviewed and didn't get it. Uh, so Cincinnati was lucky in that sense, but I think he's great. You're right, he has restored the Bearcat identity to a defense and, and hustle and grit. Uh, type profile they're a limited they're a limited team offensively this year that's their biggest issue Um, when Jeremiah Davenport is hot they can beat just about anybody on their schedule as they demonstrated with win over Illinois Uh, but if the other team takes him out Cincinnati becomes pretty limited offensively. So that's an issue that they're going to have to deal with this year. But uh, there's no question in my mind that they're on their way to very big things with West Miller in charge.
0: I noticed yesterday on Joe Linardi's bracketology that they're in the next four out as they head into conference play. Do you think and, and the conference, the American conference, unfortunately, is as you've mentioned, and I have know this as well. It doesn't offer you many opportunities for signature wins on your resume. But do they then have a shot? and maybe doing enough in conference play where they're on the bubble for the NCAA tournament going into the conference tournament come mid-March?
1: Well, Joe Lenardi says they are, then they are. Uh, Nobody knows more about that than he does. I'll say this, after the two-game tournament in Kansas City, where they beat Illinois and were on the brink of beating Arkansas, two teams that were in the top 25 at the time, I said to people, you know what? I didn't see it coming, but I think this is an NCAA tournament team. Now that's ebbed and flowed since uh, the Monmouth loss, the Xavier game makes you think that, all right, maybe I was a little bit over my skis there and they're not quite ready to be an NCAA tournament team, but Hey, uh, if they can get back to the level of play that they demonstrated in those two games in Kansas city, they're going to be opportunities to impress people in the conference. Obviously Houston's one of the best teams in the country. Memphis has had its moments, Uh, Wichita state, hasn't been off to a tremendous start but they're a very talented team that won the league last year smu is really good this year so if cincinnati performs well in the conference then hey if if joe if joe Lenardi says they're on the bubble i know there's a long way to go but uh I, i trust his expertise so we'll see how it
0: plays out off the beaten path question since you're going to be in dallas next week are you going to houston for the conference opener for men's basketball while you're there of course,
1: that's an easy one. And uh, it couldn't work out much better for me. So I'll be in Houston on Tuesday. I'll go directly from Houston to Dallas, which is great. I'll get to be in Dallas for a couple of days leading up to the game. And that's kind of a luxury for me, Alex. A lot of time on these bowl games because of the other things that I do. I don't get there until the morning of the game or maybe the night before the game. They've had some great bowl trips where I haven't been able to uh, take part in the festivities much. I remember in the Hawaii Bowl, I got there at the last minute and then had to leave the next, game, uh, the next day to get to Denver and meet the Bengals. So you've got to fly to Hawaii and you're there for, you know, like 24 hours, That's a long trip and the game didn't turn out very well. Uh, this will be great. I'm looking forward to being in Dallas for two days uh, leading up to the game. We're going to have a special radio show the night before at the team hotel, seven to eight Dallas time. If anybody listening to this is making the trip. So uh, it's going to be fun. And, and I can't wait to broadcast that game. It's such a privilege to have the opportunity to be the, behind the mic for a moment like this in Cincinnati football history. I can't tell you how privileged I feel.
0: Well, that's certainly great to hear. Now, I wanted to ask you about that because you said, I believe you said to me back in maybe late October when the Bearcats were number two, the Bengals were five and two and number one in the AFC, you said we are living in the football capital of the world. How much (laughs) fun is it right now, Dan, to be a play-by-play announcer for Cincinnati football, both the Bearcats and the Bengals?
1: It's as good as it gets, honestly. Uh, I feel so fortunate to be behind the mic at this particular time let's face it uh i, I would love to say that this is going to be a, a recurring situation for uc football maybe in the big 12 it will be maybe they will make regular trips to the college football playoff and i'm sure if it expands to 12 teams they are going to go back on a you know fairly frequent basis uh, but we don't know that for sure the, Playoff might not expand for many years. So uh, I'm embracing it while I have this opportunity. And now, with the Bengals, you know, being in the hunt and being tied for first, at least going into Christmas, um, it's, it's been an incredible run. And uh, who knows? Maybe the best is, is yet to come.
0: When do you anticipate Cincinnati joining the Big 12?
1: Hard to say. We know that on paper, it's 2024. I think 2023 is a realistic possibility. It's going to cost the teams making this move some more money and it'll cost more money. That is, if it's enough and you can live with, maybe it'll happen a year early. But whenever it happens, it's going to be incredible for the athletic program. And uh, it's it's well deserved. They've had to do a lot to get to this point, and they have succeeded in so many ways between their success in football and basketball and the improvement of the facilities. Uh, every school outside of the Power Five wanted to make this jump. Four pulled it off, and Cincinnati's one of them. And a lot of people uh, did some remarkable things to help the school get there.
0: Final question, Dan, on today's show. Um, Three, your three keys to the, to beating Alabama in the Cotton Bowl. Haven't really
1: thought of three keys yet. Um, I, I will get back to what we were talking about earlier. I think they're going to have to be able to go toe to toe with the offensive line, or I'm sorry, with both lines, offensive and defensive lines for Alabama. That's where it begins for me. I guess I, you know, I don't know how to phrase this as a key to victory, but I think something that gives them a legitimate chance is their secondary. Bryce Young has had a phenomenal year, very worthy of winning the Heisman Trophy in his first year as a starting quarterback. But Cincinnati has Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, Brian Cook, Javon Hicks, Arquan Bush. There's no quarterback combination that's better in college football. And I'm not sure that there's a better secondary as a whole in college football. All five of those guys have legitimate NFL dreams, I think. Brian Cook, Kobe Bryant, and Sauce Gardner will definitely be drafted this year. So that gives them a chance against Bryce Young. It's uh, It's going to be difficult, but at least they've got the personnel that gives them the chance to hold him to reasonable numbers.
0: Do you worry about anything Alabama did against Georgia happening in this game?
1: I just worry about Alabama playing that well because that wasn't the norm this year. They put it all together when they had to. Uh, against the team that everybody thought was the best in the country and not only won that game, but dominated that game. So if Alabama plays like that, Alabama's going to be hard to win, but they haven't played like that very often this year. And in the game immediately before that, they should have lost. Auburn gave that game away down the stretch. Now, I credit to Bryce Young for the incredible drive at the end of the game that allowed Alabama to get to overtime and pull it out. But up until the final two minutes of that game, Auburn outplayed Alabama pretty significantly. So, if Alabama doesn't play the way it played against Georgia, then Cincinnati definitely can match up with Alabama in this game. You heard it from the voice of the
0: Bearcats. He's been kind enough to join me today on Lockdown Bearcats. Hope you enjoyed listening to it. Dan, thank you again so much for your time. Enjoy your trip to Dallas and Houston and I mean, the average person might go to Hawaii for a week and sportscasters go there for 24 hours. <laughs> I guess that's what makes us unique. Dan Hor from the Cincinnati Bearcats, voice of the Bearcats, football, men's basketball, also the Bengals. Thank you again, Dan, so much for your time and enjoy your experience at the Cotton Bowl.
1: Thank you, Alex. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
0: Thank you for listening to today's episode of Lockdown Bearcats. We will be back tomorrow and all of this week with, episodes leading up to the Cotton Bowl matchups within the game, hoping to have some guests lined up as well. Until then, until tomorrow, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty. That's with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank 9 underscore, and you can email me at alex3frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase alex, the number three, frank at gmail.com. And thank you once again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now make your second listen, Locked Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, I'm Alex Frank. Thank you for listening to Locked On Bearcats, and we will be back tomorrow. Until then, have a Bearcat day.